Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90-min football network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and on this edition of the show, we're going to be talking Martin Erdegaard, as well as continuing to react uh, to what was a, a good weekend for the Arsenal. Obviously, a really dominant, controlling performance, a really positive result uh, down at Craven Cottage. We'll reflect on that a little bit more, but the main focus of this edition, uh, this extra edition of the podcast, is to talk about our Norwegian maestro in midfield. Now, I was thinking about uh, whether this was worth doing a show on um, a few weeks ago when he turned in another masterful performance, but sort of following up from the game yesterday and sort of reading some of the comments that various pundits have put out and um, sort of scrolling through social media, it became apparent to me that Actually, the suggestion that Martin Odegaard is the best attacking midfield player in the Premier League is not a ridiculous one. It's not one really for me that's even up for debate at this moment in time. I think he's been so good for the Gunners. Uh, he's obviously stepped up to being captain. Uh, this season, he's taken things to a completely different level. I think he was great last season, uh, a real key cog in our machine in the way we play his ability to move the ball his ability to spot passes early his ability to press all of those things as a combined package make him such a fantastic player and we'll break down some of those individual talents bits of his skill set if you like a little bit later on in the show but I mean the more I watch this guy the more I think that he is um, by far and away at this moment in time the best creative midfield player. Therefore, you could probably say the best midfield player in the Premier League at this moment in time. Who's better? I mean, people last season would have said Kevin De Bruyne. And I totally accept that. And I would accept even now if somebody said, well, look, Kevin De Bruyne has got incredible talent and Kevin De Bruyne is still, despite having a bit of an underwhelming season so far, um, you know, he's still the man in that position in the Premier League. But when you look at Martin Odegaard's record this season and you break it down, you'll see that he's managed to close the gap massively in terms of his output. But he also continues to give us tons of work off of the ball, tons of work um, in terms of getting back to defend, you know, chasing people right back to his own penalty area. He's an incredible leader. A leader by example, by the way, not necessarily the traditional type leader that you would think of as in someone that goes around and shouts and ruffles feathers. That's not Martin Odegaard. He's a very different type of captain, but one that is equally as effective. Clearly has the respect of all of his teammates. He's getting into more and more goal-scoring uh, positions nowadays, uh, often sort of arriving into the penalty box late for the cutbacks. You could argue that although his goal return in the Premier League 
uh, is pretty good so far this season. You could argue that Martin Odegaard should have more goals. When you think about some of the chances he's missed, I mean, just off the top of my head, he missed a, a really good chance, didn't he? Uh, up at Aston Villa when it was 2-2. And I could think of various other opportunities throughout the course of the season so far from which Martin Odegaard didn't score, but really, really should have. And that is a testament to his ability to keep getting into those areas. The guy's fitness is unreal. It is unreal. I remember when he first came to the club, uh, he obviously came on loan, didn't he, for the second part of that season. And um, he joined us having played no football for Real Madrid having been out on the sidelines for Real Madrid, having not been involved with the squad, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember thinking, well, you know, we've signed him on this short-term loan deal, which is all well and good. But given he's been out for so long, how fit is Martin Odegaard going to be? How long is it going to take him to get up to speed? How long is it going to take him to get his fitness to a level whereby he can help us uh, sort of week in, week out? And I remember watching him when he first came in and thinking, wow, this does not look like a guy to me that has been out on the sidelines, out in the cold for a long, long time. This looks like a guy to me that's taken incredibly good care of himself and is ready to come in and impact straight away. And this season, he has been an absolute revelation. Just looking at his record in the Premier League so far, 26 appearances for the Gunners. He's got 10 goals and seven assists, 17 direct goal contributions in 26 Premier League matches so far this season for Martin Odegaard. I mean, when you think of his position and you think of all the other roles and responsibilities that he has, I think this is I think this is a really, really impressive return and one for which he deserves an absolute ton of praise. So if we break it down a little bit, let's let's break it down when it comes to Martin Odegaard. So I think his fitness is key. It's a, a huge part of the way he plays. Um, if you think of sort of the way he closes people down, the way he helps us lead the press from the front. And often you'll find him pressing beyond whoever it is in the centre forward role as well, uh, which shows his willingness to do that, his willingness to lead that press. And he's always sort of looking over his shoulder, making sure that the press behind him is being followed up. And that's really, really important, isn't it? Because I've always said this, and I've said it numerous times on this podcast, if you don't follow up a press with the next wave and with the next line, then it's very easy for your press to break down and for the front guys who are pressing to be doing that in vain. Because if it isn't followed up by the next line and the next wave, then all of a sudden it becomes ineffective and it becomes very, very easy to bypass. One chip ball over the top of that first line of press and they've beaten it. Whereas Odegaard is not only the first to sprint out and close people down and set the tone for that within the team, leading by example, as I say, as the captain. He's also always mindful of what's going on around him. He's always mindful of making sure that that press is followed up. He's always mindful of making sure the right spaces are closed and that the right passing lanes are shut down by the rest of the midfield. He is, as Sko says in the chat, the manager on the pitch. His footballing intelligence is through the roof. So we've talked about his fitness. We've talked about... Uh, his willingness to lead by example. But his football intelligence is just unbelievable. It's off the scale. It is off the scale. And a lot of people always say about Martin Odegaard, one of the great things about him is how effective he is in tight spaces, that he can pick up the ball in a really tight space and manages to hold it really well. He's got the ability to drop his shoulder one way or the other way. Uh, he's got incredible balance to be able to change direction really, really quickly. The ball sticks to that left boot of his 
all of those points are valid. But the reason he's able to keep the ball in those tight areas and operate in those tight spaces is because he thinks faster than everybody else around him. And that is natural. You know, yes, of course, you can develop your game intelligence, your understanding of situations and your tactical uh, understanding of what it is you're being asked to do and, and how football matches often pan out. But I think what Martin Odegaard has, it's an unbelievable um, God-given talent. You know, it, it really is. And um, yeah, I'm just really, really pleased uh, with what we've seen from him over sort of the course of the last 18 months, I would say. But this season, he's taken it to a completely different level. And um, and it really, really is brilliant to see. So um, Martin Odegaard, keep it up, my friend. Keep it up. Um, really, really enjoying it. Um, really, really enjoying watching him continue to develop and watching this uh, young team around him develop. This guy's just 24 years old. And when you think about what we paid for him, I mean, it was an absolute steal. And when you are a club like Arsenal, and I'm not going to play the whole poverty card because we're not a poor football club. We're not a small football club. We're a huge football club. But even still, we don't have the resources to, um, to match the likes of Manchester City, of Manchester United, some of the other clubs in world football who seem to be able to go or are willing to go really, really big on certain players. What's really important in terms of making sure that we stay competitive is talent identification. And sometimes you have to be able to spot a bargain in the crowd. And a player like Martin Odegaard probably did have a lot of risk attached to him when Arsenal went out and got him. And there will be some of those that you do and, and some of those moves that you make that just don't work out. But when they do work out, it's unbelievable. And Martin Odegaard is one that has certainly worked out. He's the club captain. And I think he probably will be for many, many years to come. He's Mikel Arteta's manager on the pitch, as you guys say. And um, and, and I, I hear this common criticism that's thrown at him. You know, when we play against rubbish teams, Martin Odegaard's great. But when we play in the big games, he hides. I don't think Martin Odegaard ever hides. What I think sometimes happens is that teams find ways of closing him down. Teams identify him as our main creative outlet and therefore place a lot of emphasis on trying to stop him. And that's all good. And that's fine. Um you know, but what you always get from Martin Odegaard, even in those scenarios, even in those situations where he isn't as effective on the ball, is an incredible work rate, a willingness to, to you know, run himself down into the ground. And he, he doesn't hide. He never hides. He might not always be as impactful as he'd like to be, but he certainly doesn't hide. And I think that's an incredibly harsh criticism that people put towards him. You know, people have been waxing lyrical about Bukayo Saka over the last 12 months, and rightly so. But is Bukayo Saka as effective, as impactful without Martin Odegaard in that inside space linking up with him every single time Arsenal go forward? Probably not. You know, is Gabriel Martinelli as good without Martin Odegaard being able to ping passes out there with ease? Was Gabi Jesus, who was incredibly effective prior to his injury, or okay, the goals dried up a little bit, but was he um, not a beneficiary of, of Martin Odegaard's unbelievable quality? He absolutely was. Absolutely was. And often the comparison made is, is between um is between Messi Ozil and um and Martin Odegaard. But the truth is they're incomparable. Messi Ozil was a, a genius on the ball, wonderful with the ball at his feet, probably didn't score enough goals, which is a criticism you probably could have leveled at Martin Odegaard last season, but he's improved on that. 
And you still think that if he finishes a greater proportion of his chances, he could score even more goals and he could become even more effective. And that's scary to think that there's still room for him to improve. But Mesut Ozil never gave you what Martin Odegaard gives you off of the ball. And in this system, in this team, the way we function, it is imperative that everybody pulls their weight. And Martin Odegaard gives you the best of both worlds, both on and off the ball. He is a joy to watch. And I honestly do believe that right now, in terms of creative midfield players, he's the best one in the division. And by some distance as well. Kevin De Bruyne, in terms of talent, of course, he's up there. But has he performed this season? He's been in and out of the team. He was talking himself over the weekend about how he's a little bit miffed by the fact that he's not in the side week in, week out. Um, you know, he's not producing the outputs in the way that Martin Odegaard is this season. I mean, if we have a quick uh, look at that, I'm sure De Bruyne has produced outputs because he's too good a player not to. But he's 31 years old. He's got four goals in the Premier League this season. Martin Odegaard's got 10 Uh De Bruyne has managed 13 assists, most of which were crosses into the box for Erling Haaland. But you get the point I'm trying to make. It's that, yes, Kevin De Bruyne has the talent and would be number one in most people's lists, but not everybody watches Martin Odegaard week in, week out. I don't think everybody understands exactly how much influence Martin Odegaard has over this team and exactly how much he has lifted the level around him. You know, Saka's improved around him. Martinelli's improved around him. Jesus is better than the Jesus that maybe you saw at Manchester City. Granite Xhaka uh, has improved and, and is relishing playing alongside him and Thomas Partey. It's taken him up to uh, a really, really high level. I just think he's a, he's a sensational player. He, he really, really is. And the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, the more I believe that he is the best in the league in that position. And, you know, I don't think you can... I don't think you can really argue with that right now in terms of current form. I think you can argue the overall uh, question, um, you know, is he better than Kevin De Bruyne full stop? And it's too early to say that. I agree. Kevin De Bruyne has got way too much credit in the bank and has been doing it for way too many years for us to discount him or discard him. But right now, uh, Martin Odegaard's up there. Let's take some of your questions. Um, Let's take some of your thoughts in the live chat. Um, obviously, we're still on cloud nine after yesterday. Uh, really, really positive result. Three points on the road, three goals, clean sheet. What more could you want? Uh, we were in a pressure situation, given that Manchester City had won at Crystal Palace on Saturday night and Arsenal went to Fulham the next day. Didn't let that phase them and um, and uh, and delivered. And, and that's what you want. Um Pritesh says, bringing attacking players into Arsenal now, uh, they will love playing with Martin Odegaard. So Arsenal are, again, an attractive place to come. He is a striker's dream. He's a winger's dream. He's a forward's dream. He's anybody's dream at the moment because he looks and comes across as such a fantastic teammate as well as all the rest of it. You know, OK, Erling Haaland would have looked at Kevin De Bruyne when he went to Man City and thought, wow, this is the guy who's literally going to contribute to probably three quarters of my goals. He is going to put opportunities on a plate for me. And my job is to convert. My job is to take them. And that's fantastic. I'm not saying again that Martin Odegaard has got that kind of reputation around world football, but my God, it is growing. And there will be forward players that look at him as a reason to come to Arsenal. There'll be players that look at Mikel Arteta and the way he's transformed this team and the way he has developed some of the individuals in it. 
and will think this is the place for me. Look at Leandro Trossard. Like Leandro Trossard was great before we signed him. Okay, fantastic player, proved that he was um, a real force in the Premier League during his days at Brighton. Didn't always do it really consistently, but that was partly because of the team that he was in. You know, I remember people sort of referring to Brighton uh, when he was kind of spearheading their attack, often playing from the left as well. But I remember people referring to them as XGFC because they'd get into the final third. It would all look pretty, but they weren't always able to convert, um, you know, those opportunities into goals and therefore into victories and into positive results. But when you've got such a healthy environment that consists of Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, etc., etc., and then you bring somebody of Leandro Trossard's quality in and you plug him in and all of a sudden it sparks something in him to take his game to a new level. The intelligence that he has with regards to his own game that maybe, you know, he wasn't getting the best out of being at Brighton around lesser players. You can see that now. You can see Leandro Trossard's levels risen as well. And that is because of the players they got around him. If, if you have class, if you... Um, keep the standards high throughout, then you will develop people and people will improve. I remember, um, it's a bit of a, a weird analogy, but a friend of mine is a, is a, an incredibly talented musician. And um, I was playing music as well. Not, not to the same level, obviously. We'll never get to that level. He's, he's phenomenal. But one of the things he used to say to me when I first started out was, come round and, and sort of play along with me, practice with me practice with people that are better than you. That's how you're going to learn. That's how you're going to get better. You're not going to get better by playing with people that are at the same level or below because you're not going to learn anything new. You're not going to be pushed constantly to improve. There isn't that pressure to keep moving forward because you're already ahead of the pack. But if you play alongside people that are of a higher standard, that means that you have to keep your standards at a similar level to even be in contention also, you're going to learn things and you're going to pick up things. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. And you're going to develop and you're going to get into that mindset of having to be at your absolute maximum every single week. You're a big fish in a small pond. Sometimes it can get a bit easy. And sometimes you can get a bit complacent. But when you move into an area where you're not the main man anymore, you, you have to really work to get there. And who doesn't want to get there? Who doesn't want to be that? And look at Leandro Trossard. Look at the impact he's had. I think five assists in the Premier League and a goal for Arsenal so far. And, you know, we spoke about the Mudrick thing a little bit on yesterday's show. We talked about how, you know, people were really outraged at the fact that we didn't get Mudrick. And although I was disappointed at the time too, you know, you can't really argue with what Arsenal have done with the business that they went on to do. They spent a fraction of the money, a quarter of the money, pretty much. And they've got a player who was ready to come in and impact this team straight away. 
and enjoying a side with the likes of Martin Odegaard in and around him and Martinelli and Saka and Mikel Arteta as his coach, his level has also increased. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant all around. Um, John McDermott says the whole team is integral to each other. There's a real chemistry, isn't there? And that comes over time. But that also comes from having players that are of a similar mindset and that are on the same wavelength. Familiarity in football, I think, is a big thing. I remember when I used to play football, obviously not to this level, but, you know, there were certain players who I just clicked with, who I got on with, who knew how I wanted the ball. Did I want it to feet or did I want it in behind? Who knew that I'd rather you pinged it into my right foot than chipped it up to my chest? Like... It, 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 the familiarity thing is huge. And I think as the team's developed and grown together, you've seen a lot more of that and we've benefited from it, of course. Um, Banos says, uh, Ozil was the better player, but he's incomparable to Odegaard in an Arsenal shirt. Ozil was a wonderful footballer, but um, it is about application as well. And at times, Messi applied himself phenomenally well. And the results were there for everybody to see. But at times, he was poor. And at times, he just didn't seem interested. And maybe having won the World Cup, etc., he'd lost that fire in his belly. I don't know. But having a young, hungry team and a young, hungry captain in Martin Odegaard, who, you know, was this 16-year-old kid that burst onto the scene that everybody was talking about. All of a sudden, Real Madrid come along, snap him up. And the expectation levels were through the roof with Odegaard. Through the roof. Then fast forward a few years and it didn't really work out. He didn't really make it. He's finally found a home at Arsenal. And now he wants to prove to everybody that that 16-year-old prodigy that Real Madrid spotted and went out and paid money for um, and moved, you know, a lot of other clubs aside to get a hold of him. You know, he wants to prove that there was a reason that he was spotted at that age. There was a reason that at that point he was... Um, he was... Um, yeah, he was uh, highly sought after and, and he's proving as to why people looked at him uh, so closely uh, all the way uh, now in 2023. Uh, Junior Gunner says, I find it absolutely crazy. Had we not sold our best player and decided to panic buy on the last day of the window, just over a decade ago, Arteta wouldn't be our manager. Arsene Wenger has done it again. <laughs> uh, Des Lynham says, dear me, Harry, missing, he turns up against another newly promoted club and he's now better than Mesut Ozil and up there with KDB. In current form, he's up there with KDB. And in terms of his impact for Arsenal, well, he's on course right now to surpass what Mesut Ozil achieved with Arsenal. Because this team, whether you like it or not, Des, and you're not the only one. There are a lot of people out there that are desperate to see Arsenal fail, that are desperate um, to be proven right when they were sitting there six months ago calling for Mikel Arteta's head. There's there's loads of you, but the, the point is that if Mesut Ozil um, really cared about Arsenal, things wouldn't have gone the way they did at the end. Martin Odegaard clearly does. And if Martin Odegaard captains Arsenal to a Premier League title, that automatically surpasses what Mesut Ozil achieved at this football club. I'm sorry, but that's the truth of it. And I don't really understand why people like yourself and there are others as well that regularly pop up in this chat are going under the false pretense of being Arsenal fans when clearly you don't want Arsenal to succeed 
either you're on a wind up or you have your own agenda and you want to go around saying that you were right. The truth is, though, nobody really cares because we're all here as Arsenal fans. We all love this club. We all adore this club. We're all behind this team and we're all enjoying one hell of a ride this season. And, um, you know, you want to discredit our players, that's up to you. But Martin Odegaard is on course to become an Arsenal great. He His trajectory is that positive at the moment. Um, it really, really is. Uh, um, Jorn Helga Magnussen says, I've just come in now. I think Ms. Uh, Martin Odegaard's way of organising the defence um, is highly underrated by fans. Why isn't it rated by fans? I think what it is, I, I wouldn't say he's organising the defence necessarily because he's not necessarily passing instructions to the likes of Saliba, Gabriel, Ben White, etc. But what he does is he organises the press and so he organizes the defense from the front, which I think is is kind of what you're trying to say, you know, and he makes sure that the right spaces are closed down. And that comes from having a really deep and in-depth understanding of what it is that Mikel Arteta is trying to get through to the players. And when you have it very clear in your head and you go out on the pitch, it's easy then to kind of see that picture in a real game situation. Now, some players don't always um, find that easy. You know, there are some players that would sit in a, um, in a, a team briefing or in a team meeting and watch the manager on his little board, you know, moving the counters about to try and demonstrate a tactical point. But it's another skill to be able to apply the theory in reality. Um, and it's another skill to be able to kind of see those things unfolding, recognize those patterns and then make sure that you're carrying out what has been asked of you in order to deal with those situations and in order for your team to benefit and thrive. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. He, he does organize. Um, he does instruct. But I don't think he organizes the defense. I think he organizes the defense from the front. That is his responsibility, clearly, as captain. And he's taken that on. He's been fantastic. Um, Temi says, surely if Arsenal win the league, one of ours has to be the PFA player of the season. Who's your best player this season? Yeah, I think we'd have a few contenders if uh, if Arsenal were to go on and win the league. Obviously, there's a long way to go until that's done. But um, yeah, I mean, Saka would be a contender. Odegaard would be a contender. Some people would argue Saliba would be a contender. There'd be a whole host of them uh, if Arsenal did go on and win the Premier League. But um, yeah, long way to go. We'll see about that. Uh, let's take a few more of... Um, of your uh, comments. Um, Sykes says, Odegaard has been highly regarded in world football for a while, coming from Real Madrid. We stole him from Real and he's only going to get better. A breath of fresh air since Ozil. Um, Justin says, the chemistry between Martinelli and Trossard is undeniable, but when Odegaard is in the mood, the quick passing is really, really impressive. Completely agree with that, mate. Uh, what else have we got? Let's take a couple more. Uh, this is just a short version of the podcast. Um, da, 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 an extra version. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Banos says, Harry's podcast was one of the very few that trusted the process from the beginning. Uh, now other channels are trying to jump on the bandwagon. I mean, I don't have an issue um, with people having a different opinion. OK, uh, there were a lot of people out there that thought this wasn't going in the right direction and that Mikel Arteta um, needed to be moved on. Um, and, and, you know, there were times 
where I wobbled. Um, I'm not going to pretend I didn't. There were times early on in the process where I went, not really sure about this. But, you know, over the last 24 months, I think it's been so much progress and it's been clear. And yeah, there will be people that have really gone hard on the whole Mikel Arteta out thing who have to backtrack now. Because if Arsenal go on and win the Premier League, the truth is they look silly. They look silly for being, for, not for having that opinion, but they look silly for really going hard on it, right? You can have an opinion, um, but the way some people put across their opinions is as if it's fact. And there's no room in their minds for the possibility that they might be wrong. You don't learn that way. You don't understand things that way. I don't think you always have to be open-minded to the fact that whatever you believe, yeah, you might believe it, but there's an alternative side to the argument. And if people were saying that Mikel Arteta has shown them something, why would they be making that up? It must be a genuine feeling. Why would anybody have wanted to, during a really difficult period under Mikel Arteta, pretended that they were seeing progress if they actually weren't? I, I don't really understand that. Um, Sambod said, uh, listen to you calling uh, the City game on the BBC and thought you did a great job, mate. Uh, really happy for you. Thank you so much, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, a big thank you to everybody who tuned in. I, I, it was um, it was a difficult weekend um, when it comes to the BBC for obvious reasons. Um, everybody kind of knows what's gone on. Um, I work for the local edition, the London edition, uh, which is focused around the London clubs. And I was covering the Crystal Palace Manchester City game on the radio for them. I really enjoyed it. A little bit of an awkward backdrop because of everything that had gone on. But, um, you know, just doing my job and the job I love and the job that I aspire to do uh, for a really, really long time. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we get there um, and um, and we continue improving. But it means a lot that people from this community do tune in and, and listen in, which is fantastic. So thank you. Uh, Paul says, uh, Harry, really proud of you, buddy. It was awesome to see you on the NBC Premier League preview show in the US. Thank you so much, mate. That was the uh, Premier League feature that we did. That was great fun. Uh, great, great fun. So thank you uh, for that as well. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, what else have we got? Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Uh, across the pond, Moss says, you know me, Harry. I was always Mikel Arteta in and Odegaard uh, is the amazing, inf is an amazing influential player. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what else have we got in the chat? Um, Des Lynham says, who will look silly if Arteta bottles it again? And should he still be backed if he fails? Mikel Arteta's already succeeded this season, mate. He's already succeeded. Yes, there's a there's a golden prize in front of us. And if we can go on and take that, that would be unbelievable scenes. Okay? But Mikel Arteta's remit at the start of the season was not to win the Premier League title. You know, th those people calling him a clown at the start of the season and calling him a failure at the back end of last season are hypocrites because if he's a crap manager and the team's crap, as you people all said, then how is it then a failure if he narrowly misses out on the Premier League title? His job this season was to get Arsenal back into the Champions League. And we're just a handful of victories away from securing that. Once that's secured, Mikel Arteta has succeeded this season, whatever happens. And that's the truth of it. Will there be regret if we miss out on the Premier League title, given the position we're in? Absolutely. Nobody's going to deny that. Nobody's going to deny that there'll be regret. Nobody's going to deny that there'll be a feeling of disappointment. But when the dust settles, 
you'd all look back and you'd all say that was a bloody good season. How much enjoy how much more enjoyable has this season been for Arsenal fans? I've loved it. I've loved every single minute of it. Yeah, there's been stressful moments, there's been difficult moments. Uh, there've been ups and there've been downs, of course. But I have loved it. I really really have loved the ride so far. And look, we're 11 games away from achieving what at the start of the season Everybody thought was unthinkable. So how could Mikel Arteta possibly fail now? He can't because he has picked this club off of the ground and he has breathed life back into it. And you only need to go to games, actually visit the stadium to understand the difference in the atmosphere. I'm sure those of you that watch from afar can see it on TV and, and can feel it through kind of social media and through the other mediums and stuff that you uh, kind of access it from. Um but, you know, and, and that's not a slight on the people that can't go. I know that there are Arsenal fans all over the world. I know that it's impossible to get tickets at the moment. I've had five or six people asking me if they can get tickets for the sporting game, the second leg of a Europa League round of 16 tie. It's mad. Like, in the past, that would have been an easy get. But here we are, because Mikel Arteta has breathed life back into this side. And I promise you, when you're there, you can really, really feel that. And, and we're in a fantastic position. And... We're building, man. You really, really are. The best thing about this entire project is that it hasn't even hit its potential yet. That's what's so amazing. Uh, um, what else have we got? I'm going to take one more, I think, um, and then I'm going to uh, I'm going to dash because uh, I got some work to be getting on with. Oh, work that doesn't consist of chatting about Arsenal and the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. <laughs> Um, Sharon says minimum requirement for me this season was top four. I think it's safe to say we will fly through that. Agreed. Agreed. I think we've got that in the bag. And uh, if you'd have told me at the start of the season, we'd have top four wrapped up by possibly the middle of April. I would have said no way, no way. But here we are. You know, we're on course to do that. And, uh, and we're on course potentially to achieve even more. Don't forget to leave a like on the video. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. If you're new, if you're listening in podcast format, please do leave us a review because we surpassed the 100 reviews mark, but we want to get as many as we can. When you think about the fact that we probably get 35 uh, to, to 40,000 listeners um, per week on the audio. So that's YouTube, uh, not YouTube. This is YouTube. That's um. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all of those things. It's unbelievable that we only have 100 reviews. So please do uh, leave us a review. Five stars, of course. Um, let us know if there's anything you enjoy. Let us know if there's things that you don't enjoy. Uh, but leave us five stars anyway. Uh, that would really, really help. And if you want access to more content, if you want access to Chronicles of Aguna Premium, from which you can get player ratings uh, shortly after every Arsenal game, uh, then do visit us on the Another Slice platform. We had a few more signups over the weekend, uh, which is amazing. And I really appreciate your support. You're supporting me, you're supporting the podcast, and you're supporting the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital as well. Um, that's a cause uh, really, really close to my heart. So please do uh, check that out, the membership proposition. If you uh, view the link in the description, it will take you over to the Another Slice website. Create your account at the top of the page. Once you created that account, log in with it, uh, and then you can subscribe to the Chronicles of Aguna. Once you've done that, 
You can download the Another Slice app. You can access all that content at your fingertips on the app, on your mobile phone, or uh, you can um, you can access it via the website. Alternatively, if you have a hub for your podcasts, uh, whether that be Apple, whether that be one of the other podcast players, you can take the custom RSS feed from the Another Slice platform, plug it into whichever app it is uh, that it that you like to use, and uh, and you'll be able to access our members-only shows there. Uh, thank you all so much, as always, for your support. I'll be back tomorrow with more. Until then, take care of yourselves. All the best. Is Martin Odegaard the best attacking midfielder or the best midfielder in the Premier League? Whether you love him or loathe him, I think you have to say right now, he bloody well is. Catch you soon. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.